Hi everyone, the owl here. Thanks for joining me again for another episode of Midnight Diaries of an FNP Student. So, great news. Uh, first thing, I found out that we have an average of about 10 listeners, and I've had about 40, 50 plays um, overall for all of the episodes, and somebody even added me, like a, a big um, podcast website added me, uh, added this uh, podcast to their list of podcasts. So I thought that was cool because to be honest, I'm just doing this for class. But at the same time, I'd like for it to be a conversation. So to those who are listening to my episodes, I think you are great. I hope that we can learn together and survive FNP school. I think survival is a must. Okay, so it's going to be a short episode. I just wanted to make sure I have a, a weekly episode in. And I was going to talk about credentialing and privileges because I've been reading about it in my textbook. But I realized how I don't really know much about this subject. It seems like it's such a complex subject because every time I hear credentials, I, I think about the alphabet soup right after our names, RN, BSN. FNPC, APRN, PhD, DNP, etc. But apparently, that's not it. Um, credentialing is a way, um, the gist that they told me is that it actually kind of determines your scope of practice. And I've read in another article how credentialing is a misnomer because really credentialing is just one of the process. So somebody told me that credentialing is really that you want to be on the list of approved providers for an insurance so that you can get paid. And when I read my textbook, it seemed that way. They're going to verify all of your education, your experience, your training to be able to make sure that you can be an approved provider. And if you become an approved provider, you're credentialed, then you can submit claims and get paid for the services that you've provided. So that's my understanding of credentialing. And privileges were always about hospital privileges, but nobody could ever answer me regarding whether or not you need hospital privileges if you're a primary care provider because as far as I know being a primary care provider you don't really cross over to the hospital you can refer them and have them admitted I'm not sure if you could admit them yourself or you tell them that oh this people needs to be hospitalized but I guess that's what privileges are for is that can you be able to send those patients to that hospital but when I read my textbook regarding privileges, it really means that you can be able to provide services for your patient in that institution or in that hospital setting. But if you're a primary care provider, you're really not touching your patient there because we have a hospitalist. So if somebody has an answer to that, please message me or something because I really want to understand this whole thing.
that's the thing that I want to talk about about. So I'm not really going to talk about that, although it seems like I've already um, covered that topic for about two minutes or so, I guess. Um, so what I really want to talk about is since I'm in the first course of my FNP program, how am I preparing for clinical topics? And I'm the type of student who wants to prepare way ahead of time. Um, I work sometimes in the nursing education settings, and so I have seen curriculums. Plus, of, of course, while researching for an FNP program, I've studied so many curriculums and the progression of of courses, uh, the progression of the program for an FNP. So I know that next year I'm going to start clinicals, and I want to be prepared. I don't want to be going in blind. So while I'm still taking the theoretical and the foundational courses, I, I want to get a, a step ahead. So I do some preparations and uh, mainly the thing that I do is I read a, a case study book, and it's not an NP book or anything. It's actually a family medicine case study book. It's called Case Files, Family Medicine. It's in its fifth edition, and it has 60 cases of commonly seen um, patient cases, I guess. <laughs> Keep on repeating myself. If this was right, if this were writing, then I would just fail. Okay, so it's Case Files, Family Medicine, 5th edition, and they use it sort of as like a review or as a blueprint for residents of family medicine. So it gives a broad overview of different concepts for common cases, so like well-child visits and um adult physicals, well-woman visit, COPD, asthma, etc. They don't go into detail, but it gives you um, information regarding what you're going to be expecting if you're the primary care provi provider in a family practice, and this is the case that you're handling. So I really find that helpful because at this point, I feel like I don't need the in-depth information. I just need to know what I'm getting into. And by having a broad overview of what it could be, it's really helpful. Um, alternatively, I have been, um, aside from that, not alternatively, but aside from reading that case files book, I've also been practicing questions daily on the, it's called FNP Pocket Prep. It's I believe it's an app in iOS and in Android. I have it in iOS because my phone's an Apple. Um, but it has questions of the day. Right now, I'm still on the free version. They're hard questions. I realize how I'm so weak in assessment. I'm familiar with the concepts, and I could choose, but, I de but then I don't go with my gut feeling. So I feel like it's helping me, again, get an overview of what I'm going to expect 
once I get into the clinical courses, what types of questions I'm going to have. So that's how I'm preparing right now. I'm not sure if it's going to help me much. I do think it will. At least I won't be shocked, I guess. I, I know that as I go into my second year of FNP school, it's going to get crazy and it's going to get busy because classes will double up and I'm going to have to go to clinicals two to three days a week. And then there's also assignments in the didactic class that's happening at the same time. So if there's a way for me to prepare ahead of time, at least get a broad overview of concepts that will be covered in the whole program, then I believe I'm a bit ahead of the game. And for me as a student, that's most important because I have other things going on. So during my times off or maybe I wake up a little bit earlier and there's not much work to do, then I usually just open up my ebook or my textbook, that case files book, and read a little bit. Even if it's just one case study a week, then that helps. And when my cell phone gives me the notification that, hey, it's time to do the question of the day, and I, even if I just do one question, then I know that I'm, I'm way ahead of the game. So I encourage other FNP students who are in their early stages of the program to do that. Maybe you have more time than me, so maybe do two or three case studies a week or do more questions in a day. Um, as, as far as I know, FNP Pocket Prep is unlimited access once you pay their um, ultimate package. So it's a total of 800 questions. Uh, by the way, they're not paying me for this. I'm just telling you what it, what it is. So I'm actually planning to buy that. Once I've used up all of my questions, then I'm gonna buy uh, the FNP Pocket Prep, and I'll just start. I'll, I'll just start answering questions. Maybe it will help me lessen anxiety with test taking. Although, to be honest, I don't really have that. But I just want to help myself. I don't want to be the student who complains. I want to be able to dive in and say, "Hey, if I'm doing this, then I'm gonna do the best that I can." And I'm going to be the best student there is out there. So I hope, and I hope that everyone's going to be that way. But of course, you got to do what you got to do. Okay, everybody, I got to go. got to sleep so that I can do more assignments early in the morning and do my work on time. Bye, everybody. The Owl signing out. See you later this week for another episode of Midnight Diaries of an FMP Student. Good night.